Okay, guys, we are back. We're back, a back, a back, a back. We're back, it back, it back. Oh, we're back, back, a back, it back. We're back, a back, it back. We back, we back, we back, we back. Ooh, ooh. I have no idea why that thing like just. So I'm just gonna say we had like young technical difficulties uh welcome back to everybody if you don't know what we're talking about today we are talking about colorism within the black community um next week we're going to be talking about colorism within the brown community the week after that we're going to be talking about colorism within the white communication and the caucasian communication if there is colorism and what that looks like for them and then in the fourth week we're going to be doing like a colorism debrief and i've got some guest um hosts coming in to talk to us about what that means um in the world of today and how we can really um make sure that we are thriving in every situation that we have how to communicate our opinions and our uh when people give us microaggressions, how to best tackle things like that. So I have people who are specialists in those departments who do offer training, um, who will be coming in on the fourth week um, to just round up this colorism discussion. I made sure, I want it to be over like the month because I think it's a really important conversation to have. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to just be like a movement where it's just like, oh, we talk about it once and then we just forget about it. I think it's important that we really continue to have these discussions because there are people who don't realize that things are happening because it doesn't affect them. But the more we talk about them, the more people actually realize what's going on and we can really sit down and figure out how do we change this? What strategies can we use? And so on and so forth. So, baby girl, you were saying before this uh, Instagram was a hater and didn't want us to be great or whatever. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Let me just collect my thoughts uh, really quickly. But I think what I was trying to say is um, it's a lot easier for them to hop onto the wave of, you know, bashing a black woman because... um, I feel like some of them haven't had, like, good experiences with uh-huh. people they were growing up with. And not saying that's the case for everybody. Some truly are just ignorant. But um, some may have been rejected by a black girl in the, in the past. And they're using that little little moment of, like, oh, I didn't get what I want. as kind of a defiance yeah. to, like, oh, you know. Um, there's, there's all these people bashing this person, let me go see what's going on and like, you know, join in on that. And with what you were talking about, how in the UK, that whole thing that was going on, basically the tweets that were exposed from this one YouTuber who was receiving a good chunk of the backlash were from 2012. And mm-hmm. around when she time, was in year nine, year nine, you know, so like start. I don't know what that equivalent is, or what that equivalent be in. It's like thirteen, fourteen. Okay, okay. So about high school. So starting about yeah. high school, I can't guarantee a lot of people at that point were still trying to figure out who they were. So it was mm-hmm. more so just going by what everybody else was doing. So you know. Being African wasn't it 
like plain black and simple mm-hmm. it wasn't it um mm-hmm. only until recently as mom said before like you know and there's a lot of pictures of us being oiled up and all that um going viral and stuff and people becoming models from like photo shoots and stuff it kind of put africa back in that conversation mm-hmm. and it was kind of like it's bittersweet because it was like you know you don't forget those times where like in like grade nine and stuff people were on that hating african trade yeah. you know oh you're from africa like you know kind of have like a snide remark to it and mm-hmm. like you know i saw it too a lot in my own community like at school and stuff like people who were you know who i grew up with were revoking their african status saying like oh i'm not i'm not african i'm just black i'm just black and i'm just like mm-hmm. like okay what's the issue of being african and all that kind of stuff so yeah. all these little things that people um that uh people are exposed to at like different periods of time in their life really do shape their thinking into well where they go to at this point and unfortunately a lot of them remain in that ignorant um state and they they make comments like oh i have to marry somebody who's lighter than me or like you know i don't want any like you know dark-skinned babies i don't want nappy-haired babies i don't want none of that and like some try to say oh i just don't want them to go through the same struggles i went through as a kid you know i don't want that for my Mm -hmm. child and i'm just like the only reason why your child would be going through any of those struggles is because other children who didn't have the love installed of them of their own color are projecting their internal hate on your child and causing them to feel bad. Mm-hmm. But if you brought up your child in a way of love and you brought them up to be accepting of their color and to realize, you know, you're made in this way, you're beautiful for who you are, nobody could tell you, no one could tell them anything. No one could tell them anything. And those comments just, you know, it's kind of just like, it hurts people and like it mm. hurts what. Um, young girls who are growing because like the skin lightening um uh, what should we call it the global rate of marketing is around estimated 4.7 million u.s dollars so the bleaching creams and the lightning creams lightning creams that's an industry that's about 4.7 million u.s dollars so like you know, people are actively going out and changing the way they look because yeah. of people telling them to. Um, oh, how also many people don't know how genetics work. No, I'm telling you. I'm telling <laughs> you. People really don't. People don't know basic science. And, like, the thing, honestly... Guys, I don't have my glasses, so I can't really read the comments. So I, I don't want to be squinting everywhere. <laughs> so I'm just going to get my guests to read the comments on my behalf. I love no you guys. Problem. I appreciate you. But no the way my eyesight is set up. <laughs> no. John Marie said, come to the Bahamas. That's all you're here. Um, and just basically, Mamu said earlier, but constantly here, black as in dark are too loud, too much as if as expressing ourselves and not taking crap like we used to do is wrong. Okay, so mm. that derogative, mm. like, we're being too much, you know, and this and that. You have to realize we were never given the space to truly be who we were. A lot of us have to repress our personalities. I mm. myself definitely had to repress, like, certain aspects of my personality just because of the people I was around with. Um, mm-hmm. I've been, I, I'm a floater, you know, I've had different friends. I've, I wouldn't say, you know, 
I had a certain preference of who I wanted to hang out with. I kind of just hung yeah. out with whoever wanted to hang out with me. So mm-hmm. I've had white friends. I've had black friends. I've had Asian friends. I've had um, Indian friends and all that. And mm-hmm. um, it was only in my black group of friends that, like, there was always that, that kind of, like, you know, issue with um, colorism because, like, you know, it – I don't know why like like a lot of people said a lot of it is internalized hatred towards ourselves but just just the fact that you know in those settings where you think you could be safe and be able to expose mm-hmm. you know your feelings and stuff mm-hmm. you're kind of looked at like you know you know or people haven't gone through the same experiences you have so it's kind of yeah. like they can't relate to you in that setting because everything's been fine for them so it's kind of mm-hmm. like you know are you just taking it out of context or you know did you really experience that and like when you have a lot of people who have these experiences they're not going to want to share what they've been going through they're not going to kind of contribute to the conversation and that's how we just allow the colorism to continue because people aren't willing to own up to you know maybe comments they've made comments they've heard family Mm -hmm. members who's even said anything um about a color experience and then go from there because as Mm -hmm. um john marie was saying in bahamas you know i've i'm not gonna lie i'm not trying to like call anybody out or anything but i have noticed in like the caribbean community too from like my other friends and what they've told me and Mm -hmm. stuff like there's a lot of colorism in that you know having nick terms of like red bone yellow bone lighting Mm -hmm. this and that you know and it was kind of just like you know i've even heard comments from like people who i thought i was close with who would say you know i can't have like a dark-skinned baby like they're gonna have to live with my mama like i would not take care Mm -hmm. of that baby and it's like how much do you hate the concept of quote-unquote dark that you wouldn't wish it upon your child you know like what is so bad about you as a black person you know why 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 is this whole shade spectrum thing like you know the factor of how you're you know when you're gonna reproduce and stuff like that and like they Mm -hmm. said with genetics too it all depends who you end up with because if your partner is darker there's a 50 50 chance of what your kid's gonna come out look like looking Mm -hmm. like um and it's just like you said, you know, it's it shouldn't be a conversation because I feel like it gets talked about and then it loses its traction and like it keeps exactly. coming up over time. And really and truly, because it's such a deep, deep issue, it's not something you can just talk about. You know, you're gonna have to no. undo the ropes, you're gonna have to go back to slavery time because this mm-hmm. is where it all roots back to um slavery because you know people with the lighter skins were often put inside the house and made to be maids and stuff for the plantation owners, whereas the darker people were to tend to the fields. And it just, just that ownership, that mentality, that enslavement really hasn't left a lot of people's minds. Mm-hmm. Even though they may not think mm-hmm. about it intentionally, it hasn't left the minds of people. So they're internalizing it and projecting it on like little things that they may not realize it so by covering it up and saying it's a preference or saying oh this is what I was exposed to this and that like no you're not willing to adapt you're not willing to think you're not willing to reflect on yourself and see Mm -hmm. why you're having these ill thoughts of you know your and colorist comment you made because 
with a lot of things too when you try to call people out on it it's just a lot of uh back not backlash but like a lot of uh defense like defense immediately saying yeah oh you know i didn't mean it that way like you're just overtaking it and all that kind of stuff and it's like you have to realize if someone made a comment about you saying it, it's probably something they've already heard before, you know, something yeah, that's already said. And you, as someone who's supposed to be, you know, a kinfolk, you know, you're supposed to understand, you're supposed to, um, you know, I'm supposed to be able to share my struggle with you and then we can discuss it and talk about it. So, mm-hmm. you know, that whole term of, you know, not all skin folk are kinfolk. Yeah, yeah, Lisa. yeah. I'm telling you because like you know the worst people who treated me for my skin color have been my own fellow black people yeah and it's it's so sad to see it's so sad to see because you know I'm fortunate that I was I was living in Canada and I didn't receive it as bad as some like my cousins who lived in the states and all that but Mm. just the fact that I even have something to say about it should go to tell you you know how many more people need to join this conversation and need to address the colorism we have in our community and it's not going away (laughs) i don't think it's going to be going away for a very very long time and yeah i just i just think what i'm beginning to realize is like with a lot of topics that make people uncomfortable we're so afraid of being uncomfortable that we don't Mm. even want to venture in that direction like when people talk about racism for example it's so uncomfortable for you to talk about racism in between different races and so we just avoid talking about it period yeah but if we actually like sat down in that discomfort we would realize that there's so many lessons that we can learn through that discomfort Mm-hmm. So I think, like, the reason why I'm so happy that, like, we're even able to, like, openly talk about it in this way mm-hmm. is that even if I feel uncomfortable and I feel like I've personally been attacked by certain comments, that discomfort is a sign to me that there's something I need to work on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? And so I think what we need to be embracing, and that's why, like, I keep saying it's not about just a conversation and that's why like in the last week I want to make sure I'm equipping us with tools that allow us to go forward Mm -hmm. and not just converse about it but actually tools that allow us to implement it in our everyday lives Mm -hmm. because we can have this conversation and once it's gone that's it yeah right but if in my way, like if I meet somebody and they say something and I can make that an opportunity to be a learning opportunity, that's one less person mm-hmm. with prejudice. It might be uncomfortable. It might be an inconvenience. They might not even listen. Mm-hmm. But if that, if there's even an opportunity or a, a speck of hope that it would allow for a ripple effect of, of, of change, I feel like it's really important that we at least try. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, you know, to kind of go on with your point about it being uncomfortable. And like a lot of people who haven't had the experience too, they may feel like they can't contribute to the conversation because they haven't directly experienced, you know, the colors mindset or like, you know, um, experiences of colorism. 
And, you know, a lot of things we do as black people, we kind of avoid situations by laughing it off and joking it off, mm. saying, you know, this and that. And it's just kind of like, there are things you can joke about and there are ways you can like go about things, but having these conversations and stuff isn't like in a joke setting. Like, it's something that needs to be addressed because it's going to continue to affect people forever, forever, mm-hmm. forever. And it might be uncomfortable now, but imagine, you know, when it's your own child now that's coming to you asking about, you know, why are the kids making fun of me because of my mm-hmm. skin color? How, how could you, you know, how could you address that? Um, how could you address to them if you yourself haven't even begun to understand what why people are acting the way they are? Yeah. So John No, 100%. Like, I think, was it, is it John? Yeah. John? You should totally join this conversation mm-hmm. and give us your um, view on the Caribbean side of of colorism. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and if anybody's just joined and they don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about colorism um, in the Black community and what that means, what that looks like. And... <laughs> <laughs> John, watching the conversation, <laughs> sis. We see the come through, baby girl. Come through. Let's go right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. <laughs> We're waiting for you, John. <laughs> oh yes, Mama. Mama said people have to be open to learn. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 One hundred percent. An open mindset to accept the information you're about to receive, like. If you already, you know, like there's people who are willing to like listen, but there aren't people who are willing to understand. Mm. And I think that kind of, I think that goes in hand in hand with like empathy, you know? A lot of people lack the luster to care for others unless it's happened to them directly. So for Mm -hmm. people who haven't experienced colorism or, you know, who have been on the rewarding end of colorism they're not going to want to have that conversation because it's benefiting them like benefiting you know, them, they're yeah. gaining from him what do i need to you know learn from this and they'll just continue passing that mentality down on to other people to their children and then you're just going to continue that whole chain mm. um mm-hmm. and if you're not willing to like learn and accept that there is a conversation that has to be had like um, spoken about then you know you can't progress because you know it's like talking to a brick wall you know how much can you really say you know before they mm-hmm. understand so unfortunately you can't force people to change their ways of thinking but I feel like with enough pressing on the matter and enough exposure people can come to terms with it and like be able to have you know that conversation in the long run oh yeah you said a lot of people also think if it's not happening to me, it's not relevant. I'm not saying it's bad thing, but yeah, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You're right, absolutely. baby girl. Absolutely, Yemi. You also need to join this uh, live. Yeah, Yemi. I'm calling on you too. Mm-hmm. Um, John Marie and Yemi. Mm-hmm. Y'all are next. Y'all have been summoned. I'd like to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's kind of just been like the, you know kind of a recap of i apologize y'all like you know i had stuff written out but you know you just get talking and you just you know <laughs> kind of forget your points and kind of just go with the flow of direction so 
if anyone wants to have any side conversations with me, you definitely more than can. Otherwise, keep continuing. I would love to have you on my podcast if you're down. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Okay. I'm gonna hit you up after this, and we can talk. Thanks for coming to do this, you know, perfect entertainment in this quarantine season. What else am I saying? I'm not saying anything, but yeah, thank you for coming. I honestly appreciate you so much and so much of your input. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Good night, my darling. Good night. okay 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 so okay um we're gonna start with john because i i called on john first so miss john marie's gonna be joining us in a second um if you don't know what we're talking about we're talking about colorism i was giving me What you saying? Oh, you know, you know, you know, you know. We just ain't here talking about colorism or whatever you know, say it. Of course, you know, washing our hands. I wish I had sanitizer. I have like water in here, so occasionally I'll just, you know, wash my hands in my plants or whatever. Um so introduce yourself to the peoples. And uh, tell them how you would describe yourself. Okay. I got a call from, from my favorite roommate. <laughs> Who's calling you? <laughs> I got stage fright, so I had to tell her, come on, call me. <laughs> I can't talk on here by myself. So, you know, Mario, gotta be my little... This is a safe space, I promise. No judgment. This is all love and appreciation. Just going off of what you and mine. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Hold on a minute. Introduce yourself first and then describe, uh, tell us how you would describe your skin tone. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, hi, y'all. I'm John. John Marie. I go by John. Um, I just graduated from Trent. You know, I'm a girl. Your girl is alumni. A whole graduate. Alumni. Ha, whoa, whoa. Mm, get it, baby girl. But yeah, um, you summoned me, so I came to share. <laughs> my experience back home in the Caribbean I'm from the Bahamas Mm -hmm. about colorism thank you John um oh John is here look at God won't he do it hallelujah (laughs) we in trouble Really? They, they they walking around there, Stevie Wonder. Like they don't see a They don't see a They don't see it. And like honestly, before I came to Canada, 
Um, I I had the same mentality. I'm sorry. Really? I, I can't see Canada with the same mentality. I can't see Canada thinking, listen, I want my children. I want my children. Mm. Nice, pretty hair. And mm. skin. I want one nice to live. Back then, I was thinking on the Indian little something, you know? Mm. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I'm like, with my experience, um, I, back home, they called me mixed breed, right? Oh. Yeah. Was that a good thing or a bad thing? It, it was a good thing to other people, but like mm-hmm. for me, I don't, I don't, I just felt I wasn't placed. I don't know. I didn't feel placed, if you know what I mean. Mm. Like <clears throat> my mommy, my mommy fully black, and my dad is half white, and mm-hmm. turning but not. So <laughs> the way I look now, the way I look, people back home like they're darker skinned, right? Darkest mm-hmm. is the dominant race back home. They're black people. Mm-hmm. So when they see me, <coughs> when they saw me, it was like, so I have some light skin friends, I have some white friends, blah, blah, blah. But growing up, it was almost like my black friends would be like, oh, you so light skin, you so white, you know, you too this for that. And then my Long Island friends, my white friends, they'd be like, my girl, you so ghetto, you so ghetto this, that ghetto that, and I'm just like, really? I mean, where y'all want me to sit? Like, take a trip And then, like, I would have for me, <clears throat> like, I'm the type of person I don't, I don't like, I don't like to be put on the spot. You put me on the spot, you and my and y'all, little crazy ass. But back <laughs> then, like the adults. The adults back home, like to this day, they mm-hmm. still have that mentality as like, oh, the lightest um, child's complexion is, the prettier they are, the looser mm-hmm. their curls are, the better the hair, mm. you know. And I had that mentality. I wanted a white man with money. So, so what changed life. then? Because how do you just like? Like, what happens in well, between me, from here to here? Me, like, when I came to Canada was when I was educated. I met people like you. I met people like Mariam and Makila and Kwame and Sylvia and Kirsten and Jabez. Like, I don't just being around y'all and I guess going to talk to meetings and going to all those mm-hmm. talks and all of that. Like, it really taught me a lot on just what yeah. it meant to be black. I mm. never knew I never knew what it meant to be black. Because being black back home is 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 not a good thing. Like mm. you know <coughs> excuse me. I ain't got the Rona, I promise. Anyway. <laughs> Coronavirus <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the way you be drinking that water makes me think like mm. Uh, how you learned after you moved here. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. Um, I'm so glad Mariam is on FaceTime with you. <laughs> I, <laughs> she helps me get back when I lose track. But um, but yeah, for real. No, but for me, like when I came to Canada, like I didn't know what the hell it meant to be black. I didn't. I thought it was bad to be black. When I told, mm-hmm. when I told my, um, my mom and her sisters about my partner Kwame. <coughs> I promise I ain't got the Rona, but I swallowed the wrong <laughs> something in my throat. <laughs> but um, when I told my, I have we all have that one aunt in our family, right? We all have that mm. one who mouth. They mouth just ain't got no law. Mhm, mhm. It just go. You Sometimes it's more than one. Sometimes it's just all of them. They Girl, just have the the bubble diarrhea in their spirit. It's just in there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm laughing at Yami and John. <laughs> I feel like John should be next after Yami. Mm. I might regret um, that. <laughs> when I told when I told my family, like not all of them had this reaction, but two of them had the reaction. When I told my family, oh about about him, where he from. The first mm-hmm. thing I say when I say he he's African. I didn't say where from Africa. I just said he African. Premier's got that stereotypes. Was a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> what? That was already a big deal. Exactly. Caribbeans, we have a stereotype on Africans. We automatically think they like more than one woman. We automatically think they, oh! mm-hmm. they all about the black magic. Just stuff like that. You anyway, let me not expose my mother. But <laughs> I was gonna say when she Mariam when she first met Mariam, but I can't do it like that. But when I you can slide to- into my DMs after this and tell me I want the tea, spill the tea. Okay, Mariam, <laughs> Mariam's so funny. It's a funny story. I promise y'all, my mommy erases. I promise, okay. Um, <laughs> so when when my mommy. grabbing my charger because my phone's about to die that's okay you go on <clears throat> so my mother come in the house now come in the house my mommy my grammy first of all they gone looking in mariam's room Who's do that? <laughs> they gone looking in her room see if her room clean <laughs> <laughs> they gotta make sure <laughs> right <laughs> so, <laughs> so she came in the room and she, my Grammy, she couldn't hear Mario what she was saying. So Mario introduced herself from from Tanzania. Oh, and I muzzled and whatnot. So mm-hmm. mommy, heard, mommy heard what Mariam said clearly, clearly. <laughs> y'all know what the hell come on my mother mom. Y'all, y'all know what the hell come my mother mom. What she say? Say, My mommy said my Grammy didn't hear her. So my mommy was like. 
Well, she said, no, your grandma asked me, your grandma asked me where I was from, and I said, I was Tanzanian, and she goes, oh, but your name is not African, and I said, yes, because I'm also half Arab. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so my grandma say, Pam, what that is, or where that is. Mommy say, oh, mommy, she from the Taliban, them. I, I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't be coming up in people's country saying <laughs> She said what she said, and she said it with her chest. And Big then up my stuff. grandma just brush it off. She like white man, okay? Mm-hmm. She, no <laughs> but the first thing she say, the first thing she say, um, oh, he ugly. And I was like, I say, okay, now let me ask you why you think he ugly. Mm-hmm. But then she was like, he black. And I was like, so what the what? hell? I was like, yeah, she was. She said that, and then she was like, "Cause he black." And then my daddy, my my Grammy, <coughs> my Grammy is like, "Don't listen to this ass. He ain't ugly." And I was like, "That's okay, Grammy. I know, I know." But it's just that's just the mentality of most of the, I guess I could say, family island people. Cause yeah. I know a lot of family island people. I don't know about the people in the so on free thought on that. Cause they got, yeah. Let me not mm. start on that. That's that's for Danielle. I feel like we should so, just like invite you to another live session, and we should just call it like story time with John Marie. Listen, yeah, we're making it a date. We're gonna have listen, a story time with you. Listen, okay. No, so colorism is a bit is a very big thing in the Caribbean, and yeah, like, we be we be dissing out on people, and like it's sad, and like. I like, um, Mana said, like, I have some friends who would be saying, like, they ain't want no black baby, or they baby come out wow. black, or they ain't really want on it, and, like, like, I don't, when I hear shit like that, it, it is bother me, just because, like, it, I don't even know, I don't, I can't say it without exposing, but it just bothers me, I, I, I wish they would grow out of that mentality, out of that Bahamian mm. small box, Caribbean small box mind with just four corners and just mm-hmm. like. Girl, you're going to have to read the comments because I can't oh, see nothing. I, I, yeah, that's midnight. I um, forgot Danielle, my glasses. Danielle say, I have a light skinned best friend and I dated a dark skinned man. And my sister asked me why I went for the ugly one. Like, legit, if you see, if I stand up next to my light-skinned best friend right now, and 
we someone asks who who pretty or who ugly or who this who that who battle, they automatically gonna assume the light skin. It's just Bruh. like the lighter you are at home, the better you are. Like you just Mads. On, this, on this high, it's almost yeah I, I it's it's a frustrating topic listen i appreciate the value you brought to the conversation um i'm gonna let you go for a hot second yeah, <laughs> you definitely so made us laugh you made our evening i think we should definitely have a story time with you um so i'm gonna hit you up for the dates i got a lot of stories y'all okay okay <laughs> so uh Thank you for coming. Um, you know, we're going to hit you up soon and we're going to talk more about this topic. So, I'm going to let Miss John Marie go. Bye, sweetie. And um, I think the next person to go in is going to be Yami. For the people who've just come in, we're talking about colorism in the black community. Whoa, what does that so do? Weird. What does it mean? Hello. Oh my gosh, this is exclusive. <laughs> we have Miss Yami in the building. So this is weird, guys. My gosh. Hey, baby weird. girl. Hello. How you doing? Um, I'm good, guys. My throat's all dry. I don't have the Rona, I promise. Mm, coronavirus. Um, so introduce yourself to the peoples. And uh, um, also, tell us how you would describe your skin tone. Okay, um, so we're just going to go with the basics of who I am because, you know, there's a lot of stories in that. You don't want to give um, them the whole, you know, <laughs> nine yards. Fine, okay. Hi, guys. certificate. I'm, girl. <laughs> um, I'm Yamakani, or as Yami, everybody calls me that, my family, my friends, everybody, so don't feel some type of ways. Um... So I was born in South Africa. My mom's from Zim. My dad's from Malawi. So, you know, we got some mix in there. We got some people from everywhere else. So forth, so forth. Um, so, wow, what color am I? Gee, that's, whoa. Okay, How would so, you describe your skin tone? Um, describing my skin tone, I go off of, like, um, how South Africa basically has defined the whole um, country. So when apartheid Ooh. happened... Oh, um, yes, I knew you were going to go there. I'm so glad you joined this, I too. To, mm. I had to bring that Love up. Love it. Um, so people who don't know what apartheid is, to put it short, it was basically segregation in South Africa of, like, the whole country. So it was the whites, the colors, and then the blacks. And in the blacks was Japanese. I don't know what happened there. Don't ask. Um, so when I think of myself, I think of myself on that scale. So I very much think I'm in the dark skin area. The country mm -hmm. sees me as that. I identify that. No problem. Um, but yeah, obviously I'm not as dark as some other people are, but in those terms I am. And even if I look in my family on both sides, well, mm -hmm. in Malawi, I'm like lighter than my cousins and the rest of my family. But in Zim, I'm darker than the rest of my family. Mm -hmm. So whichever country I'm in, it always changes. Kind of... Yeah, so it, that's there. Um, my stories of colorism, my gosh, I've had different ones from all countries. I think the first one started with my cousin from Zim, which was actually the... Yeah, that's where the coconut came in. Um, so if anybody doesn't oh. know what coconut is, um, it's where people basically are like, oh, you're white on the inside, but you're black or brown on the outside. Um, so on what the happened inside. is, I remember this so vividly. Um, my grandma was like, okay, you got to go get um, eggs. So my cousin and I were like, hey, whatever, we'll go. So I was walking with her and I remember like, I, I can understand Shauna, but I can't speak Shauna. So mm -hmm. um, what happened was we were walking and like everyone's saying hi, hello, whatever. And I obviously was playing in English and I'm like, I'm good, blah, blah. 
And my cousin suddenly turns to me and she looks at me and she's like, you know, I just realized you're like a coconut. And at that time, I didn't know what that meant. I was young and I was like, what? And she's like, what? It's like, you don't want to be black and you don't want to be from Zim because you don't speak the language. And I was like, what do you mean? And then so Bruh. what she did, because she thought that I didn't understand Shauna, was she started talking to the store person and she was like, she was basically explaining like, this is my cousin. Um, she doesn't really speak Shauna. She, she thinks she's white, but she's black. And they're making these jokes in front of me. And obviously I'm like, I can hear what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Like, I know that you're making fun of me. And at the time, my accent was still, like, in the middle of, like, South African, Canadian. So it was a little yeah. weird. No one could place where I was. And then she was like, oh, like, she thinks that because now she moved to Canada, whatever, she's better than us, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, like, Aww. strictly confused. Like, what? Um, so I didn't say anything. And, like, we were walking home. And then, like, she started to point out, like, because at the time I was, like, I think 12 or something. She's like, oh, like, I can see your stretch marks. Doesn't that bother you? And I'm like, well, like, why, did, why would that bother me? Um, and she was like, yeah, it's just Fun. like, wouldn't you think about, like, lightening them or something or using whatever? And I'm obviously still shocked because I'm like, okay, first you came for me before and now you're coming for me again. And I was Bruh. like, whatever, I brush off because, you know, it's my cousin. I can't fight mm. her in the middle of this street. It's also in Zim, so let me not start drama. Mm -hmm. um, so I got home and I told my mom and I was like, okay, like, this is what my cousin said. And then she was like, oh, like, you don't understand Shauna. You don't understand Gonan. Like, you don't understand the life we're living, blah, blah, blah. And um, my mom was like, whoa, 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 She's like, well, why didn't you tell me this when, because we're visiting my grandma and we was like 13 hours away in South Africa. Mm -hmm. My mom was like, oh, you should have told me earlier. And I was like, well, I didn't know how to tell you because everybody's in the room. And like already my cousin, my mom's sister is already very like, not to, like John said, spill the tea, but she's a very like, Expose them. <laughs> spill the tea. she's a very like spill it. jealous person ever since the beginning of time. So anything my siblings and I do and my mom does, it's a, and like my mom's, like maybe a tinge darker than her so like um mm -hmm. which my mom is lighter than me but um so it was very like I don't know she had so much jealousy in her about stuff so um I was like I didn't want to start family tea because I already know that's happening there and then in South Africa I guess the different experience there was like I guess I could say I came from a very privileged side of South Africa so um I know a different South Africa than most people know but I do know that racism colorism is very much a big thing is so with like we still call coloreds coloreds and we still call black people black people black like, people very, yeah like if you call a colored person black there's like if you've been on South yeah Africa, it doesn't fly talk about it every day you mm -hmm. can't call a black person colored no matter if they are just a tinge it's a whole thing yeah. so um in South Africa the coloreds what happened in apartheid was um essentially colored people got treated a lot better so they got the better opportunities it's kind of like in America how um lighter skinned people worked in um the houses and stuff like that so mm. colors got the better jobs um they got to go to the theater they got to have better drinking water they lived in better communities actual houses and then yeah. the black people lived in like shanty towns um we didn't really have good jobs we went to different kind of schools we didn't mm. learn um english per se we learned our language and like the school system was very centered on like black people for labor so they don't need to know anything else that's going on outside in the mm. outside world because there will never be um, up in the ranks kind of thing so then when apartheid ended and we are where we are now um, colored people aren't seen as black so what's happening to them is like they get jobs still but a lot of um, what South Africa is trying to do is like give black people those opportunities that we missed out on so like businesses and stuff like that mm -hmm. and colored people are starting to be forgotten in a sense so it's like 
because you were colored like the government isn't like very like okay you get these benefits it's like well that time is over it's time for this so um there's always this rivalry with blacks and colors that like okay yes we were treated better in apartheid but right now we're going through this and black people are like but we're still going through that and we're continuously going through like you still benefit the color of your skin like if you move away etc um so in south africa um a lot of the times people like when when i went to school um, I remember I was really the only, like, black person in my grade because I went to a private school. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I didn't, like, at the time, I guess that also didn't register in my mind that, like, oh, my gosh, there's a such thing as colorism and it didn't affect me. I knew about racism yeah. because I remember this one girl wanted me to come sleep over and her dad literally came to school and was like, there's no way that child is coming into my home. Uh, we don't accept Bruh. black people unless they're cleaning. They're, there's no way black people are coming onto my property. Um, him and my mom got into it. My mom was very heated, but at the time, she was also like, you have to understand that it's our kids. Like, I don't care what you have between Black people and whatever, but your daughter, like, I wasn't crying, but his daughter was bawling. She was like, oh, my gosh, like, I just want my friend to sleep over. And he was like, no, we don't mm. like Black people. We don't like brown people. We don't let anybody who's not wow. white into our home. That is not happening. Those aren't the rules we live by. And um, so that he's a very like Bora South African and like yeah. his daughter didn't understand. She was like, well, why can't my friend come over? And he's like, we just don't do that. And like, she's crying. So my mom has to comfort her. And he's like, don't touch my child. And I'm standing there like, oh my goodness, like what's happening. And like, I remember, Bruh. like, I remember bits and I was like, like, mom, is this always going to happen in my life? Like, I don't want to make my friends cry. And I was more concerned about her than her, the father being like, I don't want you in my house because you're black. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, if I'm going to make people cry, like, this is, like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to make friends cry. I don't want to f- make them feel bad because they're friends with me. And I'm grateful for my mom because she's been super supportive um, mm-hmm. with everything. So, like, in South Africa, a lot of the times, like, it was hard for me to sometimes be friends with colored people because um, it's, again, like you were talking about earlier with, um, with Mamu about the classism thing because people were like, you're black, but you're like a privileged black person, so you don't understand the struggle. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I like I get where that's coming from, but at the end of the day, when we're both walking downtown Pretoria, listen, people are still gonna come at me. People are still gonna et cetera, and this is gonna still gonna always happen exactly. in my life. Like, I can't fix it. You can't fix it. This is just what's gonna happen all the time. Yeah. Um, so then I moved to Canada, and I guess. Because I didn't have a lot of black friends because of the whole privilege thing and people are like, I don't want to be friends with her because she thinks she's bougie again. Mm-hmm. Then I was in Canada and I was the only black person in my grade. So that wasn't a big thing. Like, um, I actually had a lot of white friends. I've had a lot of white friends. I still have white friends. And I found it easier for me to be friends with white people because there wasn't always a question of like, okay, but yeah, you're you're this or like yeah the way you talk blah blah blah. and again like in Canada that's when I experienced the Oreo thing because I remember this one black girl I was talking to um in high school I forget she was like oh you kind of talk weird and people forget I've been in Canada since I was six so obviously my accent is Mm. no longer what it was and she was like you kind of talk weird it's like you don't want to be African but you say you're African but you're embarrassed about us and I was like what do you Bruh. mean? And she's like, well, you don't talk like an African. And I was like, what do you mean I don't talk like an African? And she's like, like, what are Africans well, you, supposed to sound like, like? Well, you have this, like, exactly. And she's like, well, you have this, like, Canadian accent thing going on. And I was like, well, I've been here since I was six. And, like, obviously, I changed my accent because everybody was like, I can't hear what you're saying. And she's like, I just think it's really odd. And she's like, 
you're like an Oreo. And then again, I was like, oh my gosh, I was taking back to life. My cousin already called me this. Like, mm-hmm. why do you, like, I don't want to be friends with somebody like that. And like, I remember every time we talked to her, she'd always bring up my skin color and she'd be like, why haven't you thought of bleaching? Like, your mom doesn't bleach. That's really weird. And she's like, aren't you afraid to go in the sun? And I'm like, girl, I love the sun. I think I look better in summer. But Give me you, all the you, melanin, baby. Exactly. <laughs> you, you do you. Like, that's, that's fine. And then I think when I came, yeah, in high school, um, it was basically me being friends with um, a lot of white people because those were the only people that really cared, I guess, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Or didn't really think like, oh my gosh, you're black, blah, blah, you're dark skin, and so on and so forth. Um, so then it came, like, a lot of the time, I, mind you, I also didn't live in Ontario, guys. I live in Saskatchewan, which li- it's like redneck county, mm-hmm. you know, Canada. Like, two rednecky vibes mm-hmm. in those streets. <laughs> <laughs> like, you want redneck to see on Netflix or on TV stereotypical. That is Saskatchewan for you. I'm dead. Um, Sorry to drag my friends if y'all watching this. I still love you though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nick Clayman. Um, but yeah, when I when I think about that and I think about um, like growing up in Saskatchewan was really weird because it's always like you're the only black person. So people always like, well, you're black. How do you feel this? Like whatever. My mom was a little concerned. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, sis, I understand why. Um, but I did go through it during high school a lot because I was like, well, nobody looks like me. Um, the people yeah. who do look like me don't want to talk to me. Or um, they're either in, like, um, English, the, like, the English learning program. So I can't mm. communicate with them that way, too. There was a disconnect. And then I came to Trent, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I got a little overexcited. I got a little too overexcited. I found my people. <laughs> I, like, I found black people. What? Said it um, then I got a little too excited and thought that I should talk to every single black person. Girl, chow, who, if I could go back mm. to my first mm. I'd be like, you need to chill, baby girl. But mm. anyway, um... I remember going home that summer. My mom was super happy that I met um, a lot of, um, like, black friends and black people because she was, like, finally, like, um, I guess it was a sense of relief for her because she was, like, um, yeah. she's found people who get her, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, Nana has said, like, Mama said, like you have said, it's very hard in the black community sometimes, though, to express certain feelings you're feeling, like, yeah. especially uncomfortable conversations. Um especially around colorism and racism because it's like um, a lot of people think well I don't experience this so like how do I fit into the narrative or it's Mm -hmm. um, like you were saying earlier like you're not black enough and then you're just like but what is what is black well what describes like blackness who defines blackness so then that comes around and then it then you go through another identity crisis because you're like yes I found my people but now I'm being questioned by my own people about myself and you're like yeah this is weird um but I think like colorism in Canada I've noticed it a lot like um with my lighter skin friends some people have completely ignored me in conversations um I will like, really people, like yeah like people I don't know I'll be with like a friend that's lighter skin and I'll be like hi hello and I'll like you know when you could tell like people like from their body position who they're talking to so like mm-hmm. the body position will slowly turn during the conversation away from me and I'm like okay obviously Bruh. this isn't like my conversation to have so I'll step back um and there's a lot of times um that it's like um like with like the looser curls and everything so people start to think well I don't want my child to have um darker skin I don't want my child to so and so so like in summer because I do spend a lot of time outside outside is my best friend guys Mm -hmm. um a lot of people won't like acknowledge or they will just be like oh my gosh like don't you think you should sit in the shade and I'm always like why would I sit in the shade but um 
colorism in Canada has been super weird because it's it varies from province. Like Ontario, I find is a lot more open um, mm. than Saskatchewan. Um, Saskatchewan is very, it's like a weird, it's weird in a sense because, um, like I know you're going to talk about colorism with, within the brown community. So like mm-hmm. um, we have South African Indians who are like very much darker than me. Mm-hmm. Like it confuses some people because they will come up to me and be like, oh my doc, like my doctor's black or someone's black person. I'm like, that wasn't a black person. That was very much like yeah. my uncle etc and they're like no he's black and I'm like no I know he's not black he is Indian Um, yeah I can even tell in those situations that when people assume that they're black or people assume hey any um or when people assume that I'm so um, sorry guys I can't see nothing (laughs) I'm just seeing things um, flickering (laughs) hey Ropa <laughs> um, but when people assume that people are darker skinned, I know that like um, that causes a lot of issues. Um, there's always yeah. the bleaching problem, and um, whenever um, so like my family is very much friends with like the Indian community in Saskatchewan because you know people of color gotta gather when they know each other. Mm-hmm. So like I can already see like things like in those spaces are really strange sometimes because you can tell that people are like oh well, she's a little bit darker so I don't know if I want to hang out with her or like they tend to believe that like um John was saying like people are dealing with some sort of like black magic or they're dealing with some sort of like infidelity energies and you're just like that doesn't connect um but I think like we're saying like a lot of things are like internalized racism um and I know that I internalized a lot of all the bad things that happened to me throughout my life all the racism I experienced, I was just like, you know, I'm gonna just put it under the rug. It's irrelevant. Like, I don't need to talk about it. Like, I talked about it with my mom occasionally. Um, she made me read the book, The Skin I'm In. I forget who the author is, but it's just about Ooh. how um, it's essentially about being darker skin and the prejudice she feels like during her adolescence and growing up and not seeing people her color and like her family having coloristic views. But um, mm-hmm. so my mom made me read that obviously she's like this the skin notice. i'm in yeah i think it's the okay. skin i'm in something like that um so i read that book and i was like oh my gosh like i relate blah blah and stuff like that but um i feel like it's important to talk about these topics throughout different stages of our life oh emmy we're talking about um <laughs> <I'm so laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> Okay, so we're talking about colorism in the (laughs) book. I don't want to keep squinting because I feel like I look like. Yeah, we're talking about colorism colorism in the black community. Yeah, and how it affects our lives. But um, yeah, I think I like because I internalize all things, and like Mana said, as black people, we tend to joke about things because we see it as a coping mechanism, which I realized yeah. no, it's not a very good coping mechanism. So, like, I used to joke about a lot of things all the time. Um, I used to be like, oh, like, ha, 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 like, the sun's out. I shouldn't, like, go out in the sun because I'll get too black, blah, blah, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, like... Wait, sorry, Emmy. Guys, I don't know how to pin the topic. Don't you just so, hold down... Y'all... Don't you just hold down your comment? I'm gonna check. Give me a second. Guys, don't judge me. I'm old, Okay. I'm trying. It's not working. I'm just kidding. Try. Please. Help me. (laughs) Yeah, it's not working. (laughs) Um, anyways, it's fine. Um, 
Well, I'll learn for next next week. I'll learn next week. Yeah. 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 But um yeah, like I was saying like a lot of things are internalized so people tend to project that towards others. Mm. Um <laughs> um Mana says LOL, yeah. Me. I'm sorry guys. I don't know how to work this stuff either. I don't do lives. Uh, um Listen, so- if somebody knows how to do this, <laughs> please help me. <laughs> somebody please help Ropa. She doesn't know how to pin her topic. I'm old. I can't do please this. Offer her okay. IT assistance. <laughs> she's confused i'm confused i promise i'll do better i'm gonna do my research and come back next week um oh my gosh dopus is here wow okay this is like, are, so hello. hi dopus okay do you want to talk about dopus you want to be next hit if me I'm up if you want to be here wow. oh i mean i don't know who's requested i'm just gonna be picking is john still here I don't know. John, are you still here? Oh, he is. Okay. Okay. Whoever's next, I'm going to see you there in the comment section. Okay. <laughs> I cannot with this girl. Why get this? Oh, my gosh. I feel like it's going to hang up, like, in three minutes. I don't know how long it we've is. been on before. It is, and then it's going to... You're going to have to start a new one, because apparently IG has laws about how long your live is unless you're a celebrity. Oh, so I ain't celebrity enough for them? You don't got the rarefied city. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> I am who I am. Okay. It's okay. It's coming soon, though. It's coming soon. <laughs> All I need is about a zillion dollars, and I'm there. I'm there. A zillion. I mean, if you go back yeah. to Zim. Listen, we're not even going to talk about that. that. That's a very sore back. point for me. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that today. Zillionaire. Next question. I'm telling you. You guys, can I just say, this is the first time I've seen Yami on any live ever. So the fact that, like, Yami is out here in the streets of the Instagram and talking to us. You know what John said? It's because you summoned us. <laughs> you summoned us, so did we really have a choice? No, not really. It's exactly. I appreciate that. So what I'm gonna and do? And also, actually... my comment, my comment couldn't fit about colors and apartheid. It couldn't fit, so I was like, I'm not typing all that. Sorry. You're right. You're right. I mean, I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna end this fit this specific live situation and start another one in like exactly one minute, and then we can just carry on with the discussion there. You know, what, before Mana, like Mana, Mana, you are in you're rude too. You're a summoner <laughs> for Ropa and your blind self. Mana I'm all about the peer pressure, baby. Mana okay. said, "Well, facts though with enough pressure, that's bullying." That's cyberbullying right there. It's only bullying if it's, like, negative. So, anyways. Um, thank you, Miss Yummy. I'm going to see you in our next live session. Guys, I'm going to see you there. We're just going to, like, transfer it. And hopefully this one isn't going to be a whole nother hour long because we've been here for two hours. Where are you going to um, go? So it's Corona times. You can't go outside. I've got class tomorrow. Excuse oh, me. Right. i got summer school, baby. Yeah, so I'm going to end this now. I will see you guys in like one minute. I'm going to start another live. Bye. Bye.